Hello and welcome to Finance Conversations. This is the 24th episode of the Merging Life and Money Show and I am super excited to be here with you. For those of you who do not know me, I am your host, Marie-Jo César. I help professional women acquire and apply the relevant financial skills and knowledge they need to take control of their money, manage their finances, and understand that they can live their best life with the money they have. Thank you for joining in today. If you are watching the replay, make sure to type hashtag replay in the chat and leave me some comments and questions. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. I come to you live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to share valuable information about how to achieve financial wellness and live your life with means and meaning. Today's show is the 10th episode of a new series titled The Scoop on Women and Money. I will be exploring three financial realities that are unique to women. So grab a pen and a notebook as you might want to take some notes to discuss them further with family members, friends, colleagues, etc. Because it is about sharing values that could benefit others. So if you have any comments or questions, make sure to put them in the chat. And if you want to talk to me directly, I will share my contact information later in the show. As you know, the main objective of the Merging Life and Money show and my strong why, that is my W-H-Y, is to empower as many women as possible with what I know about money and finance. So today, I will focus on three facts that have, that have serious ramifications for women's financial wellness in the long term, okay? Women earn less and tend to work fewer years, that's one. Women live longer than men, that's two. And women do not assert themselves enough when making financial decisions for their future. Is this a myth or is this a reality? Now, to give today's show some context, let me say that while the gap between men and women continue to narrow in many areas, it is important to address the financial realities confronted by women today. It is a fact that women are less affluent than their male counterparts. Consequently, they must equip themselves with the relevant financial tools to live the life they know they deserve. Okay? So the fact is, women live longer, earn less, and are expected to be responsible for their financial decision at some point in their lives. So you must be prepared to make the appropriate financial decisions to get the most out of your resources. Let us begin. As I mentioned, it is a fact that women earn less than men, and also women work fewer years than men. Okay, since the 1960s, Women's participation in the labor force has grown significantly, that we know that, right? 
They do not only work longer hours, but they also pursue higher education in greater numbers. In greater numbers. However, despite this progress, women still earn less than men, and it gets worse if you are a woman of color. This situation is known as what they call the gender wage gap, as it reveals the difference in earnings between women and men. The major drivers of the gender wage gap are many. All right, so they talk about this occupational segregation, which really it, it is a furling of women and men in different types of industries and jobs based on gender norms and expectations. And of course, the so-called women's job, which are jobs that generally have majority female workforces, such as secretarial and admin jobs, home health aides and childcare workers, you know, they, they tend to offer lower pay and fewer benefits than the so-called men's jobs, which are jobs that have predominantly uh, male workforces, including jobs in trades, such as building and construction. All right, another driver is the difference in years of experience. As you know, women are unduly driven out of the workforce to accommodate child-wearing and caregiving and other unpaid obligations. Therefore, they tend to have less work experience than men, as a result. And another driver is the difference in hours worked. Because women tend to work fewer hours to accommodate caregiving and other unpaid obligations, they are also more likely to work part-time, which means lower hourly wage, and fewer benefits compared with full-time workers. And last but not least, discrimination, okay? So while gender-based pay discrimination has been illegal since 1963 in the US, it is still a frequent widespread practice, particularly for women of color. It can thrive, especially in workplaces that prohibit open discussion of wages, and where employees fear retaliation. Also, beyond explicit decision to pay women less than men, employers do discriminate in pay when they rely on prior salary history in hiring and, compensa and, and compensation decisions. So this enables pay decision that could have been influenced by discrimination to follow women from job to job, okay? I mentioned that in the, in the previous show as well. The gender gap is more than just a few cents, and it varies by state in, the, in America. So while most states have implemented laws against gender discrimination, right, and the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects women at the federal level, disparities still persist. For example, in the state of Wyoming, um, you know, <laughs> and that state is nicknamed the Equality State, simply because it was the first state in the United States to give women the right to vote. Well, in that state, women earn 35% less 
than their male counterparts. And Vermont is a state with the smallest pay gap between women and men, uh, with women earning 9% less than men. Okay, so that's it for my point number one. And my point number two is, which um, is really the fact that women live longer than men, okay? So as you know, um, I like to refer to statistics and surveys and research conducted by reputable companies to back the topics um, I address in my show, my shows. So based on research conducted by the University of Southern California, there have been a slight decline, believe it or not, in life expectancy in the United States since 2014, as well as an increase in most major causes of death, with women experiencing more deterioration related to chronic diseases than men. And I'm talking about heart disease, diabetes, um, Alzheimer's disease, you know, those kind of chronic illnesses. So notwithstanding this fact, uh, older women still live longer than men, even though they have more disability and financial challenges than men. So despite living longer, women can no longer expect to live more active years than older men because they are more likely than men to develop a number of debilitating conditions such as arthritis, falls, uh, related fracture, fall related fractures, and dementia that could limit their ability to remain independent without assistance. So women facing such health and long-term care needs in, in late life are at further disadvantage as it relates to men because on average, they have fewer resources. So I, as I explained before, their economic resources are not only linked to work and family-related decisions made over a lifetime, but also to choices about the timing of their retirement. So recent research reflects also that when workers were asked to assess their um, capacity to continue working at their current job, their health and disability shape their perceptions and were linked to when they would actually retire. So compare this to between 1994 and 2012, when nearly one in three older Americans aged 65 to 69 were either retired or unemployed, but were healthy enough to work. So also more recently, a growing body of research found evidence that baby boomers nearing the traditional retirement ages, like 65, may have higher level of disability than early generations, which constrain their ability to remain on the job. So additionally, older adults must also consider personal finances into retirement decision, as it is obvious that in coming years, High level of debt may contribute to more men and women postponing retirement despite their health and disability level simply because of a, dra a dramatic increase in the amount of debt they carry 
we're nearing retirement age of you know, between 62 and 66. So this age group, financial distress, that's what I call it, is attributed mainly to having purchased more expensive homes with smaller down payment than previous generations. So in addition to the debt situation, older Americans find themselves faced with challenging retirement decisions with unclear trade-offs. Uh, let's take a look at an American married women tend to be younger than their husbands, but retire around the same time, thus contributing to a gender gap in lifetime social security benefits. Okay, so by retiring early, older married women often forgo both substantial future earnings and additional social security benefits that they would have received if they had worked longer. They also incur health insurance costs if they retire before age 65, which is the age at which they become eligible for Medicare. So, unless married couples have other assets from savings, for example, women's younger retirement age means that they have less wealth to live on during their remaining life together and during any subsequent divorce of widowhood. Let me also say that working extra years beyond midlife has a greater impact on the current value of older women's lifetime social security benefit than it does for men for two reasons. Older women commonly have shorter careers than older men because they often delay or interrupt employment to care for children and their earnings tend to peak in their late 50s, and while men tend to work continuously and they're earning peak earlier. So if women choose to work longer, their earning later in life would replace their lower earnings in early years in calculating their social security benefits. These are financial decisions that must be made ahead of your retirement date, right? As I said always, do not let retirement meet you by chance. Plan for it. Also, we must not forget that fewer women than men have jobs that include a pension 401k plan. And, and I must say that is 30% um, of women versus 48% of men, all right? And we all know that participating in retirement savings is the first big step toward improving financial security. Yet again, only 41% of women participate in their employer's 401k plan or other type of retirement plan. So this is one of the reasons that women are 70% more likely to spend their retirement in poverty than their male counterpart. So this is a sad and shocking result of all the factors that I just spoke about. Okay, these are women's unique financial realities. In spite of all of this, we are told that women do not assert themselves enough when making financial decisions for their future, which brings me to my third point, 
is this a myth or is this a reality? Women have far less confidence about how to make investment decisions, opting for safe options that provide a lower rate of investment return, likely leaving them with a retirement shortfall, right? Which make the case for the importance of financial education for women and the debunking of many financial myths concerning women and money. Let's look at two of those, two of those myths. First one that I selected was um, women focus on non-financial household roles while men deal with the finances. Right? This myth is based on the notion of a division of household responsibilities that assumes women have no role in important financial decisions, when in fact, women have long had substantial responsibility for family finances. Okay, remember, they are the household managers, okay? They supervise the budget for and purchase of many of the highest cost items consumed by the families. And we are talking about food, clothes, child care, the elder care, the health care, you know, transportation, um, communication, like uh, the network, uh, the cell phones and the computer purchases, the vacations, and, and also financial services and products. Um, a recent market survey reports that women account for 80% of all consumer purchasing decision, making 93% of food purchases and 65% of auto purchases, for example. So because women engage in more of the family shopping, they are more consistently aware of price changes and inflation. So women running households know just what it takes to make the budget stretch and how to navigate changing market prices as they are engaged in more financial and consumer decision-making than at any other time in our social history. Okay, the second myth that I selected was the one uh, where they say that women are emotional about money, okay? It is true that women often face important financial decisions as a result of emotional life events, okay? Such as divorce, uh, such as becoming a widow, but those emotions do not necessarily ca carry through to the financial decision themselves. Okay, women's emotions revolve around financial decisions when uncertain or worried about being unwise with money or possibly investing in something too risky. Okay, they tend to be risk adverse because they are faced with higher probability of outliving their partners, facing elder care duties, you know, saving for their own retirement, as they are not always able to participate in their employer-sponsored plan, for example. So women are also very cautious when it comes to paying investment fees and costs. Hence, their tendency to um, invest in a more conservative fashion than men do and their tendency to hold on to stock longer. 
So while women are noticeably more cautious than men and are often experiencing transformational life events and investment decisions concurrently, does not mean that they are more emotional than men regarding money. Okay, so enough said for today. I'm going to wind down and sum it up, right? So today I touch on three facts um, regarding uh, women realities, financial realities. Um, women earn less and tend to work fewer years than men. They, they live um, longer uh, than men um, and they do not, it would seem, that's their myth out here, that they do not assert themselves enough when making financial decisions for their future. And, um, and um, it could be seen as a, as a myth or it could be seen as a reality. I'll let you be the judge on that one. So in closing, I will say that the first step in meeting the challenges of the women's unique financial reality is to learn to build a framework for managing your money and to begin taking responsibility for your future, okay? As women, we have an obligation to set an example of how we manage our finances at work and at home. Right, so before I forget, let me share my contact information. You can reach me by sending me an email at mj at mariejocaesar.com or by sending me a direct message via messenger. And as you know, I like to end the show with a quote. And today I selected one from Emily G. Stroud. And it reads, if you take control of your finances today, you will not be a victim of them tomorrow. So for further information about how to achieve financial wellness and live a purposeful life with the money you have, join me next week, Thursday, at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Atlantic Standard Time for my Bermuda friends. And thank you for being here today on the Merging Life and Money Show. I am your host, Marie-Jo César. I will be back again next week. Until then, continue merging life and money. Bye for now.